The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This deep dive review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. Guys, the World Series is upon us. The Big Ten college football, which is very big for us Midwesterners uh, here in the States. And, you know, obviously the NFL is trudging right along uh, week after week, even if they got to move the games to Monday afternoon. Because today I got to watch a Monday afternoon, Thursday night football game between the Bills and the uh, Chiefs, which enhanced the end of my workday, that's for sure. Uh, and even though you may not be able to get out to a game this year, guys, uh, Bet Online wants you to get in on the action. Uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use the promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book expert. And there we have it, kiddies. Uh, I don't know if the Bears have been favored in a game yet this year. I mean, I think we were underdogs on the road week one against uh, Detroit. I think maybe we were favored against the barely against the Giants. So I think maybe that's the one game. Uh, I, I think I don't think we were favored to win in Atlanta. We certainly weren't favored to win at home against indianapolis that's the one game we've lost thus far we sure as hell weren't uh uh you know favored to beat tampa bay and we were road dogs this week uh to carolina and yet we've won almost every game uh on our schedule thus far uh despite it all so if we can pull it off again next week i say we lose the pretender tag so that's just me but um you know it's another victory episode uh, our beloved went down to uh, Carolina and, and beat a um, a very game Carolina uh, football team to improve to five and one, and it was a game where we led from pillar to post. You know, it wasn't the same as the Giants game. We'll talk about that. I actually mentioned it in the Bear Up and Bear Down uh, episode where we closed the door on the Panthers versus basically the Giants just running out of chances at the end of the game. So uh, it was a very different vibe to it, uh, although um, having a 20-6 to lead going into the fourth quarter and watching that dwindle down to a one-score game didn't make me nervous. But then again, what haven't the 2020 Bears made exciting for us uh, so far uh, this year? So uh, what do you say we go ahead and get into it? The deep dive review episode for the week six Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. It seems like the theme of 2024, our beloved, is you keep doubting us, we'll keep winning. As for the fifth time in six games, our beloved come away with a less than pretty win, but a win nonetheless. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the week six deep dive review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And uh, like I said, uh, it wasn't pretty uh, at times. I mean, it started off beautifully uh, with the, you know, with the, the Bears defense ravaging Teddy Bridgewater, forcing the early mistake and us capitalizing right away, putting that mistake in the end zone for an early seven nothing lead, a lead we would not relinquish throughout the football game. We were ahead from from the first minute of the game until the very last it was more about protecting the lead and building on it than trying to trying the back and forth like we did last week with uh with tampa bay um you know i i expressed my concerns about uh, Nagy's inability for the team to get the team ready for these mini buys or the bye weeks uh and such and um we nailed it this time came off the the mini buy and could we start any better than we could have asked for uh, there right at the right I mean literally right at the very first moment uh, of the football game and uh, so now we just uh, now we got to nail that bye week thing and it's going to be huge because that bye week is going to have us in Lambeau 
on Sunday Night Football against the Packers. So Nagy would really be doing something if he can shake that bye week curse of his by beating Green Bay on national TV uh, week number 12. Looking forward uh, to that. So, uh, But um, anyway, let's talk about this game because there was a lot of doubts about whether or not the Bears could um, you know, win after the uh, the big win over Tampa Bay, would there be a letdown? And then the you know the concern of Bear fans knowing that Nagy has trouble winning off of these long breaks uh, and such. Um, also, the Panthers being a hot team, having won three in a row after starting zero and two, seeming to really get their feet underneath them, especially on the offensive uh, on the offensive side uh, and everything. There was uh, and and just the Bears. It's just like as they they we marvel at the fact at at how they just manage to be on the right side of things when the clock strikes double zero uh, and at the end of the game it's just like you look up at the clock we've got more points than them oh i guess we win again so you know that's pretty much how these games have been going they haven't won a game the same way all season they just keep finding different ways uh uh, to do it and you know different uh, come from behind wins and uh, things like that uh, we're undefeated on the road uh, so far with our toughest test coming up this weekend um, against the Rams uh, you know see if we can become the, the true road warriors and finish the the first half of our road schedule undefeated wouldn't that be something so um, it, it's uh, it's going to be a huge test though but you know the, the Bears just uh, they just keep winning man they just keep finding a way uh, they just keep, uh, you know, believing in themselves. They persevere. I mean, anybody who heard that that speech that Nick Foles gave uh, to the press uh, yesterday, uh, you know, would have you believing in him and believing in this team, regardless of what they're going to do within those 60 minutes at the end. The one thing that matters is that they come away with the with the victory, you know, whether we've got to put it on Cairo Santos to kick four field goals uh for us or if uh you know we got to give the ball to Dave Montgomery 40 times or we got to put it all on the defense for them to create opportunities for us and so on and so forth the Bears will find a way to do it you know week three it was bringing Nick Foles off the bench throwing him in there and that shook up the offense and we got three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and beat the Falcons uh you know week, week five it was just a matter of of the defense really stepping up and getting after uh Brady and, and you know shutting the door on them uh there week one it was you know just waking up uh, in the fourth quarter you know uh, waiting for the lions to make the mistake of giving us man coverage because apparently that's what the bears needed was man coverage and we smoked them in man coverage and got our three touchdowns at the end of the game uh with the giants can't really say what the story was with the Giants. That was a frustrating game for us to start out as strong as we did and then kind of peter out at the end, but to barely hang on, even though we did get robbed of uh, Eddie Jackson interception on that one, just like we did yesterday. That was not pass interference. It was not. So anyway, um, so some of these victories have been ugly. Uh, We've missed out on some opportunities to make them prettier for sure or easier victories wider margins those pick sixes against the Giants and the uh, Panthers for poor Eddie Jackson who's had two touchdowns called back on him uh, now would have definitely widened uh, those games and and made them no doubt victories as opposed to having to hang on uh, in those uh, in those particular games but the defense really stepped up uh, yesterday the offense made plays when it had to um, and took advantage of short fields like both of our scoring or both of our touchdowns yesterday came off of uh of short fields the bears had a short field after carolina missed that 54 yard field goal which was that was huge them going for that uh field goal because if they punt the ball then we're deep at the very best we're at our own 20 yard line but we've got to march 80 yards to score a touchdown instead we've got the ball practically at midfield um and you know we're able to take that short field and put in the end zone then of course at the start of the game after the Tayshawn Gibson interception we're first and goal at the seven yard line so you know the offense took advantage of those opportunities to to put points on the uh on the board and the defense pretty much did the rest and then god bless MVB of week number six Cairo Santos man the guy has been on fire uh Eddie Pinero who is basically uh the question now so 
Let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, first quarter knee-jerk reaction. Obviously, we got off to the fast start. We, 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 you know, the defense is showing its old 2018 colors by being disruptive and forcing turnovers and giving the ball back to uh, our offense. And our offense capitalized with a, a guy that, you know, I don't even know if we knew he was still on the active roster. Like, we knew he was on the team, but is he is he active? Because he's never seen him out there. And then he scored a touchdown yesterday. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Panthers. And it got off to a bang-bang start for the Bears. The Bears kick off to uh, Carolina. And first play, they stuff Mike Davis on the run. Second play, they sack Teddy Bridgewater for a for damn near a safety, like he was literally tackled inside the one-yard line. And then on third down, uh, Jalen Johnson, that stud rookie of ours, uh, gets in, deflects another pass that lands in the hands of Tayshawn Gibson. And just like that, we're three plays and probably less than a minute into the game, and the Bears are first and goal inside the 10-yard line. Now, um, (laughs) the three plays weren't exactly pretty, But they ended with Cole Komet's first NFL touchdown on a nine-yard pass uh, from uh, from Nick Foles. And just like that, we're up seven to nothing. And it kind of reminded me of the Bears' trip to Carolina in 2010, that one where uh, Matt Forte had nearly 100 yards rushing in the first quarter uh, against the Panthers, where we're just going to blow them off the field and, you know, mosey on along. But uh, the Panthers came back on the ensuing drive after giving up the touchdown and, you know, got the, drove it all the way down to the field, made it all the way to think like the three or the four yard line, had to settle for a field goal because the Bears defense, once again, bending but not breaking. So, uh, and then the last drive for the Bears on the first quarter, Anthony Miller, that, that guy, I swear to God, I've never seen such a hot and cold guy in a bear uniform before. I mean, he's either brilliant with his catches and the things that we see him do, or he's he's making me wonder why we wasted a second round pick on this guy. Because he just has these moments of brilliance and then these other moments where it's just like, what the hell were you thinking? It was like third and three, third and four, Foles hits him. He catches the ball like at the marker. Basically, all he needs to do is take a step forward, but instead he tries to get out of the way of the defender to, I guess, get more yardage and ends up losing a yard. So what was third and three now becomes fourth and two and the Bears had to punt the ball away. And that's pretty much where we're at right now. Carolina at third and four to start the uh, second quarter. Bears are up seven to three. Hopefully we can shut this one down, get the ball back, put some more points on the board, extend our lead going into halftime. <laughs> So Cole Komet with his first touchdown uh, ever, actually, uh, first touchdown of his career, only his, uh, I think it was his second catch of the season. He made his third catch uh, of the season a little bit later uh, in the uh, in the second quarter, and then, of course, he was never heard from again. So uh, two catches for 21 yards and a touchdown, so we're getting there, uh, I guess, uh, you know, having him on the field in those situations where we put him in a spot to make a play, that was nice to uh, see, I'd like to see him out there a little bit more often, uh, though, you know, like the, the player that we drafted him to be, you know, like Jalen Johnson and, um, you know, uh, Darnell Mooney, who are out there all the time uh, to see him get some more reps, especially if he's supposed to be this uh, tight end of the future uh, for us. That would be uh, that'd be nice to see uh, him out there doing his thing and, and uh, learning on the field. But um, nonetheless, uh, you know, the thing with Anthony Miller, man, it's. I love the kid, man. I really do. He's one of my favorite players on the team, but he's just so hot and cold, man. You never know who you're going to get, and we, we've seen it over and over uh, this week. You know, it was the, the the Detroit game. He's the savior. He's the hero, making some brilliant catches, including the game winner. Week two against the Giants, he drops a touchdown pass, drops a, a third down uh, play that would have extended a drive in a in a game where we were struggling to keep the ball uh, moving. Then in week three, he's making catches, another game-winning touchdown uh, catch against the Falcons. Well, week four, nobody played well, so we can't really put that on him. But, you know, week five, he was a ghost. And then week six, 
uh, against the uh, against the Panthers. You know, not showing field awareness, not no showing where uh, you know he's supposed to be, or knowing where he is uh, on the field, or trying to do too much in a situation where you wouldn't. All we need to do is just enough. We don't need you to do more. It's third and three. Get the first down. Then on first and second down, you can worry about trying to get extra yardage and, and make plays and things like that. Right now, you need to focus on the game situation. Catch the football. Get the first down. Nick Foles threw it to him. He was on the line to gain, you know. But instead, he decides to backpedal and and he ends up losing two yards from where he initially caught the football. So we only get a one yard gain out of a play where we initially had the first down. And it's stuff like that. Uh, that he's been doing uh, this year and I guess that's maybe what the the frustration is with the Bears and why we don't see Anthony Miller uh, much and and why Darnell Mooney has continued to take a bigger role uh, in the offense like he's legit our number two wide receiver uh, right now it should be Anthony Miller by a lot but instead uh, you know it's Anthony Miller watching in most of those situations and it's Darnell Mooney out there making catches and and being in on the plays uh, for most of the uh, football game and and we saw why you know Anthony Miller also had a situation where he could have gotten a uh, another first down it steps out of bounds before he's supposed to and then later on uh, Darnell Mooney uh well actually I take that back Darnell Mooney was the one that showed his field awareness whereas you know we just got talk, done talking about how Anthony Miller uh, decided that he wanted to make more out of what he was given instead of just taking the first down so that we could you know, live to fight another day thinking, you know, it just kind of shows more of an individual thought than, you know, we, not me kind of thing. And, and and he was thinking me, not we, uh, on that particular play. Darnell Mooney later on in the football game, uh, catches a pass and, uh, you know, is running towards the sideline, but realizes he's, he's close to the marker, sticks out the football before he steps out, gets the first down, we live to fight another day on offense. And that's the difference between those two players. It's like it just seems like Darnell Mooney is more mindful of, A, where he is on the field. He knows the situation uh, that the offense is in, and he conducts himself accordingly, whereas Anthony Miller is about being a flash player, doing big things, making big plays, uh, and things like that. And, um, you know, I don't watch the All-22, so I can't say that, you know, Miller, you know, must play like he's disinterested if those situations don't come up because that's when we see Anthony Miller. We see Anthony Miller in those big moments. We see him step up. Uh, you know, we've seen it happen twice so far uh, this year. But otherwise, you know, we, we can't really rely on Anthony Miller to be in, be there, play in and play out. And that's what's kind of frustrating uh, about the, uh, you know, where we're at with him in year number three. Uh, on this football team so um, but seeing those little moments right there those those time capsule moments uh, in the game it's not hard to tell why Darnell Mooney is out there a lot more than Anthony Miller when you see when you compare those moments side by side and Darnell Mooney does everything you would want him to do in that situation versus what Anthony Miller did which was the opposite of it you know you catch the football you stick your arm out, you get the first down, and then we'll, we'll move the chains and see what other opportunities we can get you instead of you trying to make something out of nothing or trying to make more out of what you were already given and end up making a mistake, losing ground, and we have to punt the football away. So uh, Anthony Miller has uh, continued to make me scratch my head uh, on him but because we know that he's, he's – oh, God, I hate to say this. He's almost like the wide receiver version of Mitch – Trubisky whereas like he has these flashes of brilliance where it's like absolutely this is our guy he's the future look at the brilliance and look at what he did here the catch that he made the plays that he make the effort that he gives and then the next moment it's just like uh this guy is stealing money from the organization we're actually paying him to do this right now so um I, I would really like to see a more steady version uh, of Anthony Miller because we know how brilliant a player he is and and what he can do for us uh week in and week out and and we need all the playmakers we can get on the offensive uh side so the better the that anthony miller can become the better this football team uh will become so and i'd I'd love to see it i really really would he's been such a roller coaster of a player um this year and uh, he was last year as well so uh, i'd really love to see him steady out and and get get focused and uh become the player i think we all know 
that he uh, that he can be, you know. So anyway, uh, the first quarter started out well, seven to three lead for the Bears. The defense is is, is doing the bend but don't break thing uh, once again, uh, playing into uh, you know uh, using our strengths and our advantages to uh, to keep Carolina at bay. Um, and you know, I swear to God, it, it, Anthony, Anthony Miller, um, Khalil Mack has been a revelation the last two weeks. I mean, he really has looked like his former self, which to me looks like he is feeling better. Uh, also, you know, like he's pain free. He wasn't on the injury report for the second week in a row. And for the second week in a row, he was an absolute terror, uh, for the, for the Panthers. Absolutely everywhere. He makes the opening tackle on the Mike Davis uh, run at the very first play of the game, just ran right across the tackle's face to cut into the backfield and tackle uh, Mike Davis. So we've got a healthy Khalil Mack. We've got help on the other side with Robert Quinn, who's playing more and more snaps week in and week out as we incorporate him more into the defense. Bilal Nichols is still a beast on the pass rush. It was him that made the sack uh, on Teddy Bridgewater. And Akeem Hicks is healthy and also still a, a monster. So, Man, if we had Eddie Goldman, we'd really be something on defense. You know, we'd be so much stronger uh, against the run with him out there. Wouldn't that be something? So, yeah, the 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 one yeah but I guess of our defense so far. But um, you know, our secondary is doing great. Tayshawn Gibson, a great addition uh, to the secondary, and of course Jalen Johnson. How amazing has he been so far uh, in his rookie campaign? So, second quarter. It was more of the same, actually. The Bears, you know, doing the the, the bend but don't break thing. Uh, the offense having its moments and, you know, getting some first downs and, and you know, 7 of 14 on third down in the game uh, on Sunday, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, we, di- we didn't uh, – we weren't able to close the – close the deal and get them in the end zone, but we're able to extend the lead and, uh, you know, hang on to the lead uh, as we went into the half. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Panthers, and it was an an odd quarter, to say the least, because it was very kind of hot and cold. The Bears defense, again, with the bend but don't break. Carolina helped by some horrible calls, the referees. The Bears really getting screwed by the refs in this game. Kyle Fuller called for another, um, you know, defenseless receiver uh, flag, even though it was basically the same hit that he put on that Tampa Bay guy last week that they picked it up because it was a clean hit. Not today. It extends the drive for Carolina. They also got the Bears on a bogus uh, encroachment call on fourth and two. Uh, They got Akeem Hicks to jump, but he didn't break the barrier. They still flagged him for it anyway, so... You know, I don't understand that. But nonetheless, the Bears held firm. They've only given up two field goals, even though Carolina's basically marching up and down the field on us. Um, the Bears' offense is kind of a... It, it's like the, we, we've, we've got this rhythm going. We are, are moving the football, but aside from the first touchdown to Cole Komet to start the game, we're having trouble closing the deal uh, ourselves. So it's it's basically... Aside from the touchdown to start the game, it's been a battle of bend but don't break defenses so far. Uh, it's also been kind of some missed opportunities for the Bears uh, offensively as as uh, as well, some drops and and things like that. And you know, Nagy's continued impatience with the running game is is a frustration for me as a former offensive lineman myself. I just I wish that he would not subscribe to the. Mike Mart's school of rushing the football. If we don't get 50 yards of rush, we're not going to do it. You know, I mean, it's frustrating to sit back and, and watch it, especially since we have a running back in Montgomery that is never taken down by the first guy. The first guy always needs help to get him down. And, uh, you know, the offensive line, it's, it's better this week as far as Montgomery's not being met in the backfield. It only happened one time so far today. Otherwise, Montgomery's getting three, four yards a rush. It's just that we're not running the ball. So anyway, despite all my complaints, Cairo Santos just kicked a 55-yard field goal right before the end of the half, uh, added along to the other field goal he had earlier in the quarter. The Bears are up 13-6, to and we start the second half with the football. So hopefully we can uh, get the Panthers to 
to bend a bit and then break them in the red zone this time and, and make it a two-score game uh, to open up the third quarter, get some momentum, and get Carolina on their heels and make them have to abandon their game plan to try to catch up with us. So 13-6, to six, the Bears are in the lead. When we start the ball with the, in the second half, see how we can do. Hey, guys, taking a quick break from the show to thank our sponsors once again. Bet Online. Uh, the wait is finally over. A doubleheader of fun is upon us this week. We got the World Series kicking off uh, later this week. We got the NFL and college football. The Big Ten is coming back this weekend. And you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, and let's get back to the show. <laughs> it is a constant sense of irritation uh, for me. I mean, as a Bears fan, our tradition is to run the football and play defense. Well, this year, uh, our defense is back. They're healthy, and they're playing lights out. Um, we have a game running back who is, uh, like I said, uh, never gets taken down by the first guy. The first guy is the one that slows him down and has to wait for help to come and bring him down. Because if you go at David Montgomery one-on-one, you had better hit him solid uh, to knock him off his, uh, his center of gravity. Because that's the one thing that he's got going for him, being a shorter back is that low center of gravity. So you've really got to put a hit on him to like knock him uh, to jar him to get him down with just one guy. Otherwise, the first guy is going to need help. I don't know how many times we've seen him, you know, wrangle and wrestle himself away from the first tackler and then get taken down by the second, third, and fourth guy. Um, and we were blocking a little bit better with the run. We were playing on their side of the line of scrimmage when Rashad Coward wasn't screwing that up. God, he was terrible on Sunday. God, God, he was terrible. Uh, why he was started over Alex Bars, I I don't know. I think I actually talk about that in the the third, or I think I talk about it in the third quarter knee jerk reaction for sure, because um, he was a big catalyst for what happened uh, in the third quarter. But you know, in the in the second quarter, like I was saying, Carolina is pretty much marching up and down uh, the field, which was remarkable considering they were only three of thirteen uh, for third downs. Uh, in the game, so a lot of success on first and second down, uh, moving the chains uh, against the Bears uh, on on Sunday, and but like I said, they they weren't able to finish it off. Uh, you know, like our our um, 
our guest uh, last week, Rashad from Panther Nation podcast, said that one of their biggest Achilles heels was red zone scoring. And 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 uh, we we had a little exchange on on Twitter after the game, kind of uh, congratulating each other on a, on a fun game. It was a really good game uh, to watch, and you know we came out on top. And he was a very good sport uh, about that. And he was saying, "What did I tell you about the red zone?" Uh, offense and I was like yeah well I guess it was a good thing we're ranked number one in the NFL coming into the into the game so it was you know strength against weakness uh, on that one we're really good at not allowing touchdowns in the red zone and the Panthers are one of the worst in actually pulling it off so um, we we're able to take advantage of that uh, matchup and and win in that situation uh, of football so um, you know didn't really have any complaints about the defense would have liked for them to get off the field uh, a bit more often, give our f- offense a bit more of a chance. And then, like I said, the the frustration with Nagy and, you know, what seemingly appears to be a impatience with running the ball. And I know that we run RPOs, so I know that we probably have more running plays called than we actually run just because, you know, with the RPOs, you're putting it on the quarterback, and the quarterback is only going to run the ball if the numbers are in Uh, our favor and you know I'm guessing more times than not when we're sitting back there and Nick Foles is reading the defense he sees the opportunity to pass more than he does to run so I know it's not all on Nagy that we don't run the football as often as I'm sure pretty much every Bear fan would love to see us uh, run but you know at the same time it just um, it's not only play calling read a really great article from our friend Eric Lambert from uh, Sports Mockery about the you know the personnel like we were talking about it a moment ago why the hell is Rashad Coward out there and not Alex Bars who actually played who started off shaky but played well against Tampa Bay he was the first one off the bench uh you know in that situation not Coward but somehow Coward was the starter even though he's spent his entire uh career as an offensive lineman at on the right side on right guard and I can tell you and I hate to keep bringing it up but as a former offensive lineman I can tell you the transition from one side to the other it takes a little getting used to it definitely does um and uh you know like I was a I was a left tackle uh in school but when I went to college they wanted to move me to right guard and it wasn't so much that being the guard was what messed me up because I played a little bit of guard uh in high school uh as well it was being on the right side. It felt like I was on the other side of the moon. It was just so weird. You put a different hand down. The footwork is a bit different and things like that. It, it takes a lot of getting used to because you have to do everything the opposite of what you're used to doing. I mean, especially if you're a starter like I was, you're, you're on the left side. You're, you know, you would, your left foot is the first one that comes back and, you know, the footwork is different and, and, and whatnot and, and just the feel of it is different you know the sound of the quarterback is on on the opposite side of that it was before it takes a lot of getting used to and you know for a guy that's basically still learning the position was a defensive lineman his whole career uh, until the Bears made him switch uh, last year or the year before uh, having to play from you know playing on the right side the whole time and now he's on the left side and things are different and uh, and whatnot it's not that big a surprise that he struggled and I'm kind of upset that uh that bars wasn't out there. Maybe it was because of that shoulder injury that he was nursing in practice this week. I don't know, but I doubt very much after watching the week that Rashad Coward played that it had to do with Alex bars, not being better than him uh, in practice. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's an issue for me as well. So, um, but check out that article because uh, Eric makes the argument that it's not so much Nagy's play calling as it is the people that he's putting out on the field, like the fact that Demetrius Harris, uh, our third string or seemingly our third string tight end, has about 60 more snaps on the field than Cole Komet does our top draft choice uh, for 2020 and and things like that. So uh, check out that article if you can uh, snag it up. Um, It was really interesting uh, to read. But, um, you know, so we're holding on to the lead in the first half, and then in the second half – we did something that we've been waiting to do all season. Uh, we, <laughs> we're the only team in the NFL that had zero points in a particular quarter throughout the, throughout the year. Like we had yet to score a point, a single point in the third quarter. But thankfully, we were able to end that streak uh, this week against the Panthers. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Panthers. And it was a, a weird quarter, man. Weird, weird quarter of football. The, the Bears start with the ball and for the second week in a row do nothing with the first drive. And it, again, 
it was the same thing as last week where it's like you come out with the ball, you have the momentum, and it's just like I don't know what the hell we were trying to do. It's like Nagy all of a sudden just feels the need to be cute uh, for some reason uh, in this situation. We're running flea flickers. We're doing double screens. It just It's like just run the goddamn offense, man. We had momentum coming into the second half. Just run the football. Just do the short dink and dunk passing. Do something to get the offense going and get some stinking points on the board, man. It was ridiculous. It's that first drive. I don't know what the hell Nagy was doing there. However, and Oddix, that's that's where things got weird after that. That part was just frustrating. Then the Bears, you know, O'Donnell and, and company pinned the Panthers deep inside their own five-yard line. And a couple of plays into the drive, Mike Davis fumbles the ball. And um, I can't tell if he need the ball out of his own hands or if Eddie Jackson punched the ball out. Either way, the ball came flying out of Mike Davis's hands. <clears throat> and the funny thing was, Akeem Hicks recovered it. But if he had let Eddie Jackson recover it, it's a touchdown. Just boom, touchdown. He picks it up. He runs it right in. Instead, Akeem Hicks, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, got about two yards after he picked up the ball. Very first play, the Bears have the ball deep in Panther territory, basically looking to put the game away, essentially. Rashad Coward, who is starting at left guard for Alex Bars, I have no idea why. Because he's played like garbage the entire game. Gets blown up. It, the tackle runs right across his face. Gets in Nick Foles' face. Who probably should have just taken the sack. Instead, he tries to heave it out at the last moment. Gets picked off. So back-to-back turnovers. The Bears get the ball back again. Actually, and that was after Eddie Jackson had another pick six taken away from him. The same bogus nonsense as before the defender got there as the ball got there the ball pops up eddie jackson catches it boom he's off and running instead they call him for pass interference and uh it becomes a uh a penalty for the uh for the pan i mean the reps have really been trying to help the panthers out today it's it's remarkable but uh essentially the bears get the ball back after carolina misses a 54 yard field goal we run the ball down the field uh david montgomery had a touchdown it was taken away then nick Foles had to take it in from a yard out our first points period in the third quarter all season only took us six games but we finally did it took us five games to get a rushing touchdown last week against tampa six games to finally score points in the third quarter and as we start the fourth quarter carolina has the football but the bears are up 20 to 6 and hopefully the defense can keep doing what we've been doing and shut this Panther offense down and preserve our fifth win of the season. <laughs> okay, so a lot to dissect there. Starting off with uh, Nagy and the opening drive of the uh, third quarter. You know, it just like for the second week in a row, you kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, last week it was the the quick screens and you know and things like that. Like it just. It, like if you want to have a flash play, a bang bang play, then go deep on first and ten right out of the gates. You know, do something like that. We've got you know Darnell Mooney's a fast guy. Do another fifty fifty ball down the sideline to to Allen Robinson and get thirty yards right off the bat or something like that. Instead, it's Nagy always trying to be the smartest guy in the room, the trick play, catching the defense with their pants down. And in all the times that Nagy's been our head coach, the only play that I've ever really seen work like that was like very early in our uh, in, in Nagy's tenure. Like the first few games, we had a lot of success with that quick shovel pass. Trey Burton got a lot, got a couple of easy touchdowns early in 2018 when, you know, it looked like we're going to run the ball and then at the last second shovel pass to Trey Burton who runs it up the middle, uh, you know, for a touchdown kind of thing. That's about as successful as we've ever been with any kind of gadget or trick plays uh, with Nagy as our head coach. Pretty much everything else that we've tried to do has been a miserable failure. And it's like we literally tried to do a flea flicker. Uh, Montgomery pitched the ball back to um 
uh, Foles when he probably should have just tried to hang on to it and just eat the loss or or whatever. Instead, Foles gets the ball, tries to get rid of it, and that was almost a disaster. Uh, you know, then we had the the the, the double screen that was like with a tight end and on one side, and it was just like, what are we doing here? Why can't we just come out, try to run the ball on first down, see if we can get an easy three or four yards uh, on first down, something? I don't know. But like I said, that that was one thing. Then it was the the ensuing drive. Uh, you know, the, the Bears, you know, Pat O'Donnell, great punt to pin him inside the five-yard line. So we got him on their heels again. Same like we the first possession of the – of the first half uh, for the Panthers. They're deep in their own territory. Like field position was huge in this game. I think they showed a graphic like in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, the average starting field position for the Bears was uh, their own 48-yard line, and the average starting field position for the Panthers was the 14-yard uh, line. So they were going to have to literally go the length of the field against the Bears to be able to score any points, and, and the Bears were in a very advantageous position uh, with field position, it pretty much played out that way the whole game. But uh, you know, we got him pinned deep, and the um, the fumble. Now that I've had a chance to look at it a few times, um, Eddie stuck his head in there when he went in there to take out Mike Davis's legs. His head popped the football out. His helmet knocked the ball out. And like I said, Akeem somehow beat Eddie Jackson to the ball. If Eddie gets there first, he waltzes right into the end zone because there was nothing but bears. Uh, around him you know but Akeem picks it up instead and of course he's caught immediately (laughs) and brought down uh and the you know then we were able to on that very first play (sighs) I think I talked about this on the I did on the bear up and bear down show and here's what I'm I'm sure a sentence everyone every one of you is getting sick of hearing me say uh, at this point as a former offensive lineman there's no greater sin than letting your man beat you to the inside. And on that play, um, I mean, he wasn't the only guilty party because uh, I saw a screenshot uh, uh, on Twitter today of Nick Foles just before he was throwing the football and the four closest bodies to him were Carolina Panther defensive linemen. There's basically everybody blew their assignment on that one. But the guy that got the whole thing started was Rashad Coward. He let his line, his uh, opponent beat him right across his face, straight to the inside, uh, forced Nick Foles to to rush the throw. And instead of planting it into the fourth row or taking the sack, he tried to actually get the throw out there and it got picked off. But, you know, like this, the screenshot was unbelievable. Like I said, number number one, the four closest people to Nick Foles when he throws that football were Carolina Panthers. And the furthest person from Nick Foles was Rashad Coward. That was, you know, he's the one that got it all started. But it's like every offensive lineman in the picture had his back to the line of scrimmage chasing his defensive lineman as they ran down Nick Foles. So it was a bad play across the board, but Rashad Coward's the guy that got it kicked off. Um, You know, he was terrible. He was terrible uh, in that game. Charles Leno was uh, was no angel either. Uh, in that game you know I I hope the fascination with him ends uh, this year and uh, you know because left tackle is it has to be priority one for for our offensive line uh, going into 2021 so because Leno was terrible I've never really seen what what uh, what pace was so enamored with him I guess maybe the return on the investment because we got six seven good years out of a seventh round pick in in Charles Leno but uh, otherwise, you know, we need to do a lot better at, at offensive tackle if we're going to be able to succeed uh, going forward. So maybe the Bears will make a deadline move or find somebody else to fill the fill the void or something like that before the trade deadline uh, to try to beef up that offensive line. Who knows? But um, you know, just an odd exchange. And then, of course, like I said, the the um, uh, pass interference again with Kyle Fuller this time. Last time it was Eddie Jackson who got called for it as he got there when the ball got there but hit the receiver as the ball got there. Same thing happened with with Kyle Fuller. He didn't pull on the defender or anything like he reached over the top of him going for the football and over and over again and you hear even heard Jonathan Vilma say it over and over again. The defender has every right to the football that the 
wide receiver does. And, you know, Kyle Fuller was going for the ball, knocked it up into the air. Eddie Jackson being Mr. Johnny on the spot time and time again, waltzes easily into the end zone. That would have been our 20-6 to lead early in the third quarter. Uh, you know, that would have helped us put that game away for sure uh, at that point. So, I mean, it would have been a very demoralizing thing uh, for the Panthers for for the defense to put points on the board like that. But instead it was taken away from Eddie again, not to mention Akeem stealing the fumble return for him. So it was almost the, it, it was like a the revisiting the 2017 Eddie Jackson game against Carolina in reverse where Eddie returned a fumble and a and he deflected uh interception for a touchdown in that game. He was our offense. We won 17 to 3 with Eddie Jackson's two touchdowns in that game. Uh, only this time it was Akeem that beat him to the ball to keep him from returning the punt uh, or the returning the fumble and uh, the referees calling back uh, his pick six over a bogus defensive pass interference call. So, uh, yeah, was the 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 revenge game for the referees, I guess. I don't know, to help out Carolina. But they were terrible for both sides uh, of the ball, but they especially seemed to have it out uh, for the Bears uh, on Sunday. It was really frustrating uh, to watch. But um, – you know, we took that short field. We drove it down. Darnell May- Mooney made a really nice catch uh, to get us near the red zone. Uh, you know, David Montgomery had a really nice run uh, up the guts, and initially it was ruled a touchdown, but when they slowed it down, God bless instant replay and their frame-by-frame slowdowns, he had an elbow down, and the ball was at, like, the three-quarter inch line. So, of course, Nick Foles had to finish the job with a QB sneak uh, on the next play to uh, – to give us our 22-6 uh, lead. So, um, you know, first points in the third quarter all season. Uh, kind of sad that it had to come to that, but that's what we had to do in order to uh, preserve the win uh, or to get the, uh, you know, to extend our lead against the Panthers uh, at the time. So, but fourth quarter, we've got a two-score lead. The defense has been super stingy with uh, with points and, uh, and things like that, but uh, – Carolina was game, man. They were definitely not going to uh, give up. But in the end, our defense was just a little bit too strong uh, for the Panthers and were able to shut the door on any hopes for a comeback. <laughs> New jerk reaction, Bears and Panthers in the fourth quarter. And much like the Giants game where we led from pillar to post, uh, we got out to a decent lead, had to hang on at the end. This one feels a little bit better because this was the one where the defense actually shut the door on the Panthers, uh, unlike the Giants game where they just kept trying until they ran out of time, uh, essentially. The Bears defense shut the door on Carolina at the end. Uh, Matt Nagy is on the Bear down list uh, for this week. I'll explain why in the deep dive. Or or actually, you should know already. By the time you're hearing the knee-jerk reaction, you've already heard the Bear Up, Bear Down show, but uh, Jesus Christ with Matt Nagy, I swear to God, man. Uh, anyway, fourth quarter started with the Panthers scoring a touchdown to make it a 20-13 to 13 game. Um, defensively, the Bears were just on it, uh, but it's difficult to maintain a lead or to protect the lead when you're not only playing against the Panther offense, but the referees at the same time. There was a lot of bad calls against the Bears today. Um, the referees made up for it by making some bad calls uh, that went went in our direction. Uh, there was a um, uh, roughing the passer call on Nick Foles that was just total garbage. But that was just them, I guess, making up for all the bogus calls they made on us uh, earlier in the game. This referee crew sucked, man. They were they were terrible. There were so few plays that they called that I could be like, yep, that was the right call. It just didn't happen with this crew today. I don't know if they had an off day today or if they just suck in general. They were horrible today. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the Bears' defense did the bend but don't break. Um, You know, the only Panther touchdown was thanks to a bogus pass interference call against Jalen Johnson that gave him the ball at the one-yard line. So it was a... uh, you know, it's it's difficult for the Bears to, to protect the lead when they're not only playing against their opponent, but the referees uh, at the same time. But um, anyway, the Bears were able to hang on. 
uh, DeAndre Houston Carson for the second week in a row puts the punctuation mark on the victory. They, uh, it was him that deflected the Tom Brady pass on fourth down this week. And on the last drive for the Panthers, he makes the interception off of Teddy Bridgewater that uh, jams the door shut uh, against the, uh, against the uh, Panthers. So, uh, so there you have it. We are 5-1 and one. somehow. The Bears are 5-1, and one, heading into a huge game next Monday against the L.A. Rams. So, you know, if we can come away with a win in Los Angeles against the Rams, I don't want to hear any more of this bullshit about the Bears being pretenders. Uh, we're 3-0 and on the road. Uh, we're 3-0 and against the NFC South. You know, we beat Atlanta, we beat Tampa Bay, and we beat Carolina. We got uh, New Orleans in a few weeks. If we can beat them, we're the NFC South champions for 2020, man. So, uh, anyway, we got a big game to get ready for against the Rams on Monday night. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, either winning the game against the Rams and losing the the uh, pretender tag. Looking forward to that. <laughs> the referees really were uh, atrocious uh, in this football game. Like, like I said, the one touchdown... Uh, that Carolina scored. Uh, they called the pass interference on on Jalen Johnson, and I've seen multiple angles of that play. And and uh, the 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 receiver it was DJ Moore was the receiver uh, had his arm tucked under Jalen Johnson's. It, it just looked like the two of them jockeying for position uh, to go for the football. And even Jonathan Vilma, <laughs> who came off as like like a Bear fan in the game, to be completely honest with you, even though that's not the case. He was a defensive player, so of course he's going to come to the aid of of the defense. He's going to defend it. Like every he pretty much disagreed with almost every defensive pass interference calls, like, you know, just let the guys play uh, uh kind of thing. He, you know, he was a, a top linebacker for many years, won a Super Bowl uh with the Saints. Uh, so he's he's going to come to the aid uh, of the defense or he's going to have more insight uh, on uh, defenses and the inner workings and such than he would uh, on the offensive uh, side. And as a former defensive player, he is going to kind of feel it, if you will, uh, when there's a bad call that goes against uh, a defensive player. And and what 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 I saw, what Jonathan Vilma saw was was the two guys jockeying uh, for position and you know DJ Moore uh, not getting both hands up, but it's like Jalen Johnson had his head turned back. He was looking at the ball. He was playing the ball. He wasn't playing the man. He wasn't shielding um, uh, Moore from catching the football, or you know, just turning his back to the ball and and trying to prevent him from catching it by blocking him or blocking his view of it or anything. He was going for the ball as well. The same thing with the with the call against uh, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller was going for the football. He wasn't trying to disrupt the uh, receiver's uh, chance to catch the ball. He was trying to get to the ball himself, which he has equal right to do, and yet the referees blew those calls both times, and it gave the the Panthers yards and an opportunity that they did not earn. Otherwise, they have to get those yards, and the Bears were all over Carolina in trying to do that. I think it's a much easier victory for the Bears if that call is made properly uh, for the Bears. So uh, it was a bad call, and Mike Davis pounded it in from a yard out, like a play or two uh, later, to make it a 20-13 um, to 13 game. Uh, we add the field goal there to make it 23-2. to. Uh, 13, and then the Panthers are able to add another uh, field goal to make that one-score game. Missed a huge opportunity uh, there as well. I think it was like a fourth-and-two play or something like that. It was a blown coverage. The Bears got caught with their pants down. DJ Moore wide open. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater put a little bit too much on it because it would have been a spectacular one-handed catch from Moore, who seemed to get his hand on it, but when he hit the ground, the ball came loose. So the Bears lucked out. Uh, on that particular uh, play, but you know, overall, the Bears played, uh, made more plays than the Panthers did, made fewer mistakes than the Panthers did, regardless of the referees' efforts to uh, subvert the outcome. Uh, we were able to overcome it all, and like DeAndre Houston Carson, like I said, uh, I, I called Eddie Jackson Johnny on the spot the last two weeks in the most critical situation. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson basically made the same play both times uh, against the uh, the Buccaneers uh, last week. Uh, 
uh, on the last play where Tom Brady thought it was third down instead of it fourth and five uh, or whatever. Houston Carson steps right in. Fr- he had the inside step uh, on the uh, on the receiver and gets in and bats the ball down. Uh, this time he was able to keep his feet and come away with the football, but he but it was the exact same thing. It looked like the exact type of situation. Same type of situation. Uh, he he had the inside, played the inside on on the receiver, was in front of the receiver, and had a better shot at the ball than receiver ever would. Came away with the interception to seal the game. The Bears kneel on it. Ball game five and one for our uh, beloved. So you know he's been making those plays in that spot. You know for a guy that was a sixth round draft choice, has been more of a special teams player throughout his career. Uh, in Chicago guys making a case for him to be our new uh, Sherrick McManus as uh, our our fine Irish lad in Sherrick McManus uh, gets up there in years so I mean he was healthy and playing uh, on Sunday but uh, you know the sand runs out of the hourglass for everybody and and maybe Houston Carson is putting himself in a spot to be the next uh, Sherrick McManus it wouldn't be a bad career to have that's for sure so um, nonetheless he's been making the plays and, uh, you know, helping this defense and stepping up in the right moments uh, to make a name for himself and uh, to help this uh, to help this defense and help this team continue on this streak where the only ones that believe in us are us. And, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been interesting to watch. Uh, I'm definitely, uh, you know, keeping my ulcer medication stocked while I'm watching bear games because uh, they're making me half nuts uh, all the time. But uh, we come away with the wins. And, um, you know, ultimately that's what matters. Uh, Did we win or did we lose? There's no barely won or barely lost or, you know, there's no yeah, but column, you know, like I like to play that game. There's no yeah, but column. There's just yeah or no. And we've gotten more yeahs than no's so far uh, this year. And hopefully it's a trend uh, that can continue. So uh, I was watching an interesting clip just before I started recording tonight. Uh, Mike Florio, who has a, a, sh- a show on NBC Sports, um, was talking about the Bears, and here we are. We're at five and one. It was the segment was basically, do the Bears deserve more respect uh, than they're getting? And they were kind of wishy-washy on the answer. Neither one of them said yes or no. They were kind of do they were doing the yeah but thing, uh, basically. But um, one interesting thing that Florio laid out was that you know the Bears are five and one. There's 10 games left. We basically, basically only need to go five and five to put ourselves in a great position to make a playoff uh, berth uh, this year. And it's like looking at our remaining schedule, it's like the next three games are arduous. They're tough. We have the Rams on the road. We're home for the Saints, and then we're on the road at Tennessee. I mean... We could easily be five and four at the end of that stretch. I want you guys to prepare yourselves uh, for that. These are three tough football teams, and uh, you know, a betting man would bet against the Bears in every single one of those games because, like I said, we can't trust the Bears. The only thing that we can trust is that the Bears will be in it until the very end, and and it's like our defense is going to keep us in all of these games. Uh, I believe getting blown out, I don't think, is an option. Uh, in any of these games, even against the explosive Rams and, you know, the Saints and uh, and whatnot. I really do think we're going to beat the Saints. I, I love our chances against the Saints in on November 1st. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game for sure. But, you know, it just – the Derrick Henry is a, is a monster. That guy scares the hell out of me, especially with the troubles that we've had defending the run. The guy just ran for 600 yards against the – uh Texans uh yesterday and basically did it in a 94 yard touchdown run it's like come on I don't know I I I shudder to think what he might do against the Bears uh if he can get a few big holes uh in that game he is an absolute tank uh, of a running back but um but it's like after those three games then we have Minnesota on Monday night we have a bye week then we have Green Bay but it's like we also have we still have the Jaguars. We still have the uh, we still have the Jaguars. We still have the Texans. We have another game with the Lions. Uh, we have the Vikings, who are one in five right now. It's like, and he listed it out. He's like the Vikings, the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars, 
there's your five wins right there. It's like they should win all of those games. They should beat the Vikings both times. They should beat the Lions again, especially in Chicago. They have Houston, who's not a very good football team uh, this year. And we got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have not won a game since they beat the Colts week one. And everyone's now kind of wondering how that happened. But, you know, nonetheless, Jacksonville hasn't won a game since they won the first game of the season. Houston has been terrible, but, you know, they finally got a win uh, last week. But they got rolled by the by the Titans yesterday, uh, and, you know, and the Lions are still the Lions. And, you know, the Vikings are also one in five right now. So, I mean, they got they got run over by the Falcons yesterday. So, I mean, like and, and, and then if we can steal some wins against Carolina or excuse me, against the Rams, against the Saints, the Titans and then two games with the Packers, those are the other five games. Um, you know, if we can go like two and three. That's 12 and four right there. That's what that is. You know, it's 12 and four all over again. We kind of head into the playoffs. We got to be put ourselves in a great position uh, that way. You know, if we can go two and three, I'd say in the Rams, Saints, Titans, and then the two games with the Packers, and then we should win all five of those games, the two games with the Vikings, the Lions, the Texans, and the Jaguars, we should win all five of those. So, I mean, I think the worst that we're looking at right now, guys, the worst, I think, is is 10 and 6. I think that's the worst that we're – I mean, if we lose all five of those games, the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, and then both games against Green Bay, that puts us at 5 and 6. And then those five games against Minnesota, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville, we win all five of those, we're 10 and 6. So, I mean, I, I don't see how we miss the playoffs this year unless we have a – a rash of injuries, which is completely possible uh, with the way things are going in the NFL uh, these days, or just some diabolical collapse uh, on our part, I really don't see how we don't make the playoffs this year. Famous last words, knock on wood, uh, that I'm not jinxing our guys, but that's the way I see it. I don't see us missing the playoffs after this start that we've had. So book that, tweet it out, I don't care. We should be uh, a playoff team. Uh, in 2020, especially after, you know, coming away with with these wins against uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina the last two weeks. So anyway, that's going to go ahead and do it and wrap up this deep dive review and close the book on week number six. When we come back on Thursday, Brad Motter from Locked on Rams will be joining us to help preview week number seven, this big Monday night matchup between the Bears and the Rams. I thought it was going to be a matchup of five and one teams, but the 49ers were far more game than I expected them to be on Sunday Night Football last night, and they beat the Rams. So it's five and one Bears against the four and two Rams. See if the Rams are out looking for revenge after getting embarrassed on national TV uh, by their rival 49ers and, uh, you know, looking to uh, beat the Bears in L.A. for the second year in a row. Or will the Bears be game and go to six and one? And really, you know, start to start to shut down that pretender talk. So anyway, come back on Thursday. Me and Brad Motter will hash it out and get you ready for uh, week number seven. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 